0: This is Rick Mercer, and we are here with another episode of Garner Station Podcast, which we also uh, share on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can look for that at uh, youtube.com slash townofgarner. We're here at Garner Performing Arts Center, which some of you can probably recognize if you're watching. Uh, and we have a special guest with us today, uh, Arlie Honeycutt. Uh, I knew I was going to make that mistake. <laughs> Arlie uh kids
1: yes it's okay my husband said to me this weekend Arlie Honeycutt I can't believe you did that and I said you're worse than my students it's your last name you can't do that yes no you're in good company it's okay
0: (laughs) so um and it it, sure it won't be the last time I make that mistake um but you uh you you kind of grew up on this stage to some extent and um grew up on the stage in general and I know that there is a, a story that I've heard before and um Maybe I've heard your your mom or probably your dad tell it um, <laughs> about how you you first took the stage when you were about three years old. I did. You want to you start out yeah. by telling us about that?
1: Yeah. I um, I definitely grew up in and around theater. Uh, my parents were always involved in theater, and my mom was actually directing a production of Tar Heel Tales um, here in Garner. And it, I think it was something that they were doing out on Main Street. I may be wrong about that. But it was here in the area, and uh, we the day of the show arrived, and one of the actors didn't show up. And so I in my enthusiastic three-year-old way, said, oh, just let me do it. I know all the lines. I can do it. I had been at all the rehearsals, and so out of desperation, my, my mom said, all right, go for it, and um, it went really well. I didn't, I, the show went on, and I've been bitten by the bug and haven't wanted to leave the stage ever since.
0: <laughs> That's great, and you've been on this stage here at GPAC for um, oh, well, a number of times. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you know, you work through the, the on the town player shows, um. What's the first show you remember working with? And um, tell us about the the youth uh, summer theater camp, too.
1: Yeah. Um, so I I was always around. Um, I, you know, I, I was helping out however I could when I was little um, because I was in rehearsals, and I would watch and just take it all in. Um, I remember seeing The Fantastics and um, just falling in love with that show when I was maybe seven years old and had the opportunity to do it several years later, which was wonderful. Um, and... So that was really probably the first show that really made a lasting impact on me. But I was always trying to find ways to get involved. Um, I would pull the curtain if they would let me. Um, Usually though, I was relegated to passing out seat cushions or programs, um, but it was a job I took really, really seriously. Um, And as I got a little older, we started to see more of our townies having children who were interested in getting involved. And so um, my parents actually started a youth program for kids to join during the summer. Um, I believe that the first show that we did was when the theater was being renovated. Um, We did... Little Women, and maybe it was the next year. I might be flipping them around, but we also did Alice in Wonderland, and we performed it at one of the local churches, Um, and then when the theater was done being renovated, we got back on the stage, and that's when the big musical started, Um, so we started doing the MTI Junior shows. We did Godspell Junior to start, um, and that was when I was 14 years old, and um, we had maybe I don't know, 15 kids in the cast. And now the same program has grown and expanded. Um, We did Beauty and the Beast, not this past summer, but the previous summer, and we had 100 kids on stage. Um, This summer we did Honk Jr., and there are kids from schools all over the Triangle area here in Garner and beyond. Um, And we have little guys from ages 5 up to age 18. And so they are a huge production, and it's really cool to have been there from the beginning and see it grow from 15 to 85.
0: <laughs> and I was wandering around as we were setting up and I did find a oh, a, uh, a remnant from the honk yes. show Yes.
1: oh <laughs> so, they'll never and, go and away there, yeah
0: there are quite a few others but <laughs> yeah it's um that you know all the all the work the town players do are great um the the summer camp I'm a, and the, the the show that that culminates in um that is the culmination of the mm-hmm. camp um is something I know a little bit about because I got a couple <laughs> little girls who participate and um you know, it, it always impresses me the um, the way that y'all can put it together in such a short amount of time. Number one, number two, the talent of some of the the young people who participate. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the older kids help help you know model uh, or mentor and and help out the younger one, the little ones. Um, and there's such a great spirit of inclusion. And could you talk about that? I know that's very important to your mom, and that was part of her vision initially when she started the 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 summer youth theater camp
1: absolutely well that's what's really cool about the the summer camp is that um, for the the older guys component we have the elementary schoolers who they have a camp that is uh, a partnership with the town of garner and so they have the opportunity to come and watch what the older older kids are doing. Um, they It's really cool to see little guys who start when they're five years old move up through the ranks, and by the time they're in fifth grade, they're taking it very seriously and ready to make that leap into the auditioned portion of the camp. Um, the audition part of the camp is completely free, and so if you come and audition, you get cast in the show, and that was something that was really important to my mom, Beth Honeycutt, to uh, make sure that kids got the opportunity to experience theater um, in a warm and nurturing environment. Even if they're not ready to step out into the spotlight and be in the lead role, um, there are opportunities for them to get on stage. And so that's really helpful to them, I think, when they go back to their high schools and they're not auditioning for a show for the very first time and terrified. They've got a little bit of experience. They feel confident. And it's really cool to see kids growing more and more empowered with every summer that we see them. Um, there's always someone who comes back the following year who was kind of at the back and kind of shy and they walk up on stage for their audition and just belt out something incredible. And it's like, like, who are you? Where, where did you where come from? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. And you see it from, from the first day to the very last yeah. day. Um, I watched a documentary a little while back and it was talking about Il Sistema, the music program. And it was saying, kids can't, You know, they look at, I I wanna be a doctor someday, I wanna be an astronaut, but they can't do that when they're kids. But if you put an instrument in their hands, they can be a musician right away. And I think the same thing can be said of the theater. You can walk in and learn over the the four weeks that we're together, the five weeks for the little guys, um, a little bit about what it takes to be on stage and call yourself, I am an actor. And it's really empowering, I think, for the, the younger guys who get to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, and I, I was going to come back to that later when we talk more, I wanted to talk about, you know, why, you know, I, I think in our educational system and our culture, maybe we um, don't value the arts as much as we, we could mm-hmm. or understand why that's important in developing your, your, who you are as a person, your identity and your ability to go out into the world and, and yeah. do things. Um, I see you nodding your head. <laughs> like, what, do you, the, like, what do you think about that? What, how, why, why are the performing arts in particular so um, so valuable to young people
1: well I think I mean I think it's we live in a very data-driven world and I think you know you look all the time like that's what we want to see is the numbers how can we how can we quantify this and I mean, the data is definitely there. If you look, there was a study that the National Endowment for the Arts released, I think it was 2012, and they compiled years and years of research and saw, I mean, over and over again, you see kids with their academic scores are increasing exponentially with just one arts class on their schedule um, when they're in high school. If kids don't take any art classes, their likelihood of graduating goes down by like like times five it's crazy and so you can quantify those numbers You look at SAT scores they're like a hundred points higher for kids who are involved in performing arts and so it's definitely there but I think that what artists tend to connect with and what I know I connect with are those intangible things arts for arts sake and you see you watch these you know you can hear these anecdotes and you see these kids who I mean they start on day one they're very shy they're very unsure and they come into their own and so in addition to those, you know, statistics and facts and figures, um, you look at kids. We have a, a kid who started with us when she was very, very young. Um, she came every single summer as a little guy. Um, moved up into the older kids camp and she's actually someone who had had open heart surgery when she was a baby Um, and it had had a big impact on her growth and development and in the theater she was respected and loved and flourishes in the theater every time she steps on stage her talents are recognized and has a friend group that she developed because of that and so seeing those things happen in front of your eyes yeah it's not a great data point but it's definitely really powerful yeah
0: yeah so even if you do want to be that astronaut or computer yeah. programmer or engineer, or whatever, it could still help you. It's to, a step uh, in the right to, direction. To, yeah, to, to, do, some, do some arts absolutely as you're, as you're growing up. Absolutely. Um, so uh, some folks from the, a lot of folks in the community know you. They know, they know you for you know, growing up and, and being on the stage, and then of course you were you won uh, Miss North Carolina yeah. in 2012. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Maybe they don't know what you've been doing in the past <laughs> 6 7 years. So why don't you why don't you catch us up on kind of what you've been doing edu- with your education, yes. and professionally and
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I uh I one Miss North Carolina when I was getting ready to start my junior year at East Carolina. Um, so I came back to school after I finished my year and uh, went on to graduate from ECU with my uh, Bachelor's of Music in Vocal Performance and from there used the scholarship funds that I had earned through the Miss America program to go to grad school. Um, so I went to Louisiana State University for grad school and got my Master's of Music there um, and then came back to Garner, my my now husband Um, Got a job at NC State and as much as I loved being out in in the world um, and experiencing a little more than just my slice of life in north carolina um i missed home terribly and i i love this community and love where i'm from and so when he was hired at nc state i was like oh bummer i guess we have to go back so um, we wound up back here um and i'm now teaching at southern wake academy i'm the performing arts teacher there um it's a public charter school in uh holly springs right there at the holly springs fuquay split um and we have a growing school it's a middle and high school hybrid and we've got 800 students enrolled Um, and just within the the performing arts program we've seen a huge growth there as well Um, last year we did a fall play and a spring show which was the first time they had ever had anything like that Um, and this year we had such huge turnout for the fall auditions that we um, we split it up so now we've got a fall show a little winter intermezzo and a spring show coming up in the spring too Um, so it's really cool to see the the arts catch on and I try to carry some my mom's spirit of inclusivity into what we do um at southern wake academy because i see the power of the arts and want to spread it as much as i can
0: but that sounds like that's adding more and more work to your plate Um, well it's it's work you love i'm sure
1: (laughs) yes um
0: but it's work and and i know you're doing other things you you know you're there's a we're getting ready to do a show um soon for the town players um so you you go to school you do teaching you do you're working on shows there uh, and then you run over to g-pack or (laughs) or somewhere in garner and 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 do rehearsals for the show yeah so uh First of all, how are you holding up, and how do you how do you maintain that schedule?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I definitely stay busy, and I w- when I was in college, I mean that's the good thing about the the Miss America experience. You start as Miss Local, and so I was Miss Kinston, Lenoir County, and um, I remember there was a semester right before I competed for Miss North Carolina where I literally scheduled my day in like thirty minute increments to make sure I got every single thing done, and I would put like shower on my schedule, like remember to. Go to the cafeteria and get a snack. Like, just get your life together. So I'm, I'm, I'm not quite at that point right now, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, I teach voice lessons, and I do like to stay really busy. Um, but I never get bored, and I, I mean, it's totally worth it. I love being on stage, and I also think that, like, as a teacher and director, it helps to put myself in those shoes. Um, I just came from a rehearsal where my kids were off book for the first time, and having just been off book for Act One for Little Mermaid, I total, I was probably a lot more understanding and gentle than i might have been with some of the flubs <laughs> otherwise because i'm like y'all i was just there you know what you need to do you know what you need to fix i'll see you tomorrow <laughs> so yeah i think i think it's helpful I, you know it helps me to keep things in perspective if i'm doing the things that i'm asking them to do myself
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah um so you did kind of get our lead into my next question which is uh, what is the show that Town yeah, players are doing Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit yes. because I, I think by the time this comes out, we may just be a few days away from yeah. uh, from that show.
1: Yes, yeah, and it, it's a we because you're in in the yeah, show too. Well, yes, I, I Chef guess. Louis with the impeccable French diction. <laughs> yes, but yeah, we're doing uh, Little Mermaid. It is uh, uh, the Disney show, um, and so all of the all your favorite songs that whether that's Les Poissons or um, under the sea or part of your world or kiss the girl. They're all there. Um, so, yeah. And are there
0: some additional songs, too? Yes. From, like the, this is kind of based on the, the Broadway play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. Disney, but yeah. it's, it's also based on the Broadway. And so there are some songs that are not in the yes. movie. Yes, yeah, I'm
1: not, I'm yeah. Not, uh, some yeah. brand new songs. Um, so if you're a fan of the Broadway version, you'll find some, some things that feel familiar. But if yeah. you haven't seen it before, then definitely some fun new songs. And some of the new songs are, have become my favorites really quickly. I walk around the seagulls sing a song called positivity and I basically anytime we rehearse it I walk around for the next three days singing positivity mm-hmm. myself so yeah it's it's all really great music super catchy and a, a really fun take on a classic for sure
0: yeah 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 for sure <laughs> um, so l- let's do the plug for it right now oh, so the yes. shows are do you remember
1: ah uh, so um we we have shows uh, October
0: Eighteenth and nineteenth. 19th. 19th. Um, Friday and Saturday. Friday
1: and Saturday, and Friday then and Saturday. the following weekend, the twenty-fifth and twenty-sixth, so, also yeah, Friday, Friday, Friday and Friday. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Saturdays, there are matinees at two o'clock. And uh, on Friday we have shows at 8 p.m., and then the first weekend there's also a Saturday at 8 p.m. show. Um, so lots of opportunities to grab That's tickets right. for those shows. Um, and the the Disney shows that we've done in the past tend to sell out. And so if you're yeah. if you're hesitating, if you're thinking should I get tickets or should I just show up to the door, maybe get them in advance because maybe
0: get them in advance. They
1: they might go fast. And,
0: and and the easiest way to tell people just go to Garner Performing. Our- Artscenter.com, Garner performing arts Center.com, and um, the, you'll you'll find out how to, to to get to there's a banner I think yeah. right now for Little Mermaid you can just, also just check on, on it
1: yeah you can check on Facebook too um, we and, have a
0: Facebook yeah, event yeah. Um, we have a Facebook event and um, yeah look for, look for promotions <laughs> else, uh, all over and uh, it's gonna be a good show yes it's be a great show yes um, but I've been told, I'm not a theater person, but I've been told that one reason why local theater groups and even, you know, bigger theater groups don't do it is it's kind of a tough show for for technical reasons and and other other reasons. Yeah. What are some of the difficulties with this show?
1: Well, I mean, obviously you, you have people swimming around and sprouting legs and, you know, almost being boiled into giant gumbo pots and so yes there's a lot going on technically um and fortunately you know we're in a great space for that they it's you know a wonderful place to work in we've got plenty of room um to make all that tech stuff happen and i think from the like the actor's side it's disney and so people feel really loyal to their favorite disney stories um and so if you come to see the little mermaid you're expecting certain things from your characters you want for them to be the replica of those disney characters that you know and love and so you definitely want to protect the identity of those disney characters when you're tasked with bringing them to life
0: now i'm I'm even more nervous
1: (laughs) (laughs) no oh my gosh you're doing great killing it
0: um long way to go. Oh. But uh, I don't think we even mentioned that you are, you are playing Ariel. Yeah. Um, and... Uh have you ever did you play that in the like the junior show
1: I've never done it before no no we did uh Beauty and the Beast when I or Beauty and the Beast Junior when I was in high school and had the chance to do that show um but I've I have never been involved in Little Mermaid Junior actually when I was Miss North Carolina was when the town players did the junior version and so I missed it I got to come and see it but I wasn't involved in it because I was traveling the state during that time Mm -hmm. um so yeah I'm really glad that that I have the opportunity to do it. Um, I've sung part of your world many, many times. It was in my like standard touring rep when I was miss North Carolina. Um, something about the name Arlie Ariel. They're similar. People uh, like yeah, to hear you it. And so, so, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I've, I've sung a lot of the music for a long time, but I'm hmm. glad to get to dive into the show for sure. Huh.
0: So I, I don't think I knew this or I don't, don't know much about it. So after you were named miss North Carolina and, um, participated in the Miss America pageant or maybe Mm -hmm. in the lead up to that even you had to do some touring yes what was that yeah
1: so um well that's how Miss North Carolina is really like the coolest first job you could ever have that was my first real grown-up job I think I worked at um, Justice the summer before that like the little girl's store and then the next summer I was Miss North Carolina so it was it was an upgrade um not as many free socks but i got over it so um, when i when i worked as miss north carolina you are asked to take the year off of whatever you're doing so if you are already out in the working world your full-time job becomes miss north carolina for me i left school for a year to be miss north carolina Um, and fortunately east carolina was super supportive and really rallied around me and made that transition in and out and back in again really easy um but yeah you travel all over the state of NC and you you never you never know where you're going to wind up next you might be at a pig pickin one night um <laughs> the next day you might be at a ball um so you just you you never know i went to the lee county fair and went to a goat show once um and i remember very distinctly there was a little girl who her goat had won the blue ribbon and she was trying to take a picture of me and the girl and the goat, and the goat kept eating the blue ribbon. And it was it was just it was a cultural experience for sure. I'm a, a, a suburban girl, so it was it was interesting. Um, but it's cool because you get to meet so many different people. Um, I got to be at the state fair for the entire ten day duration of the state fair, and just got to interact with people from all over North Carolina. And holy cow, it's I I love our state so much. People are so welcoming and so kind, and I just was bold. Over by the beauty of our state's landscape, and also by the, just the the wonderful nature of everybody that I met. Um, so yeah, it was it was an amazing year, and definitely full of all kinds of interesting adventures.
0: Wow. What, what, what? What surprised you the most? What did you learn anything strange or surprising well, about that? Well, probably many strange things. I mean, I. I <laughs> what surprised you the most? I think
1: I think because I you know I grew up in Garner and I I went to school in Raleigh yeah. and I went to East Carolina, but it's a college town, and you know I had been to. I, my grandparents had a place at the Outer Banks at Harker's Island and so you know knew and loved that area but there's so much more of the state that I hadn't seen and there's a lot more I think I appreciate the agriculture that North Carolina brings to the table I knew it was an agricultural state but didn't didn't really understand the depth of that um and so yeah just just getting to see more of the state going you know north and south in addition to east and west um Th- there's there's just so much more to in see, and i would drive through little towns and find uh, just gems along the way um that i never would have known about otherwise and so getting to see just like peel back a layer of you know there's so much more to north carolina than you realize yeah mountains and coasts but all the stuff in between is awesome
0: wow yeah, cool. um so y- You've mentioned uh, we we've, we've mentioned your parents and the the work they've done uh, with town players and also helping to you know I think they played a role in helping to get this auditorium renovated <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah 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 not not insignificant role <laughs> um, what what is it like to come back here and to kind of be collaborators with them now because with the the summer the kids show you're you're the music director and I you know. I'm here for some of it, and I can see you're actually kind of the what you seem to be sort of the one giving a lot of the direction some <laughs> of the time um so what's it like to work with your parents, I guess largely your mom in the director role in that collaborational collaborational type <laughs> of as a collaborator,
1: yeah, yeah, it's really <laughs> cool, it's super neat um and I mean it's cool to have like grown up around around- like in this environment, um you know you always hear that that adage you can't be what you can't see and so I like my mom is my biggest role model and this idea of like oh yes you know a female director that was never that was just like well yes that's okay and then when I got out into the world and realized that that wasn't as much of a thing I was shocked by that and so um you know having grown up in this environment and now getting to be the, you know, my whole life from passing out the seat cushions. I've always wanted to be in the middle of the action. And so it's really cool to get to work alongside my parents. And also, I mean, it makes my job a lot easier because I know how to read them very well and so I know when it's a good time to ask a question I know when it's a good time to just stand back and listen I know when I you know I can anticipate sometimes okay well this is probably what's going to happen next so like how can I help and I don't have to ask would this be helpful for me to do this I can just do it so yeah it makes I mean the fact that it's a family affair definitely makes it easier in a lot of ways and I, I enjoy it.
0: Well, uh, you you raise an interesting point about uh, uh, women and directing uh, stage and also film and TV. Yeah. And I think I read or heard something recently. It was a female director, <clears throat> and she was remarking on still how you know few TV and and film mm-hmm. uh, female directors there are. Yeah. And she's remark it's just so strange as you think like what what do little girls or at least a lot of little girls do mm-hmm. when they're growing up? Well, they play make believe. They play dress up. They they make up dialogue and role-play. Mm-hmm. It's what you do as a director, yes. right? So why aren't there more female directors? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think that... I, my And my hope is that that's changing. My husband is a filmmaker, and so I see, at least on like the film festival circuit and that sort of thing, there does seem to be a real emphasis on elevating voices that have sometimes been stifled in right. the past, and I think that that's really exciting. And I think that, I mean that's the i don't know that's that's what's interesting about this like moment in time is that i think that there's a real catalyst for change and so my hope is that we'll continue in that trajectory because like i say for me it was just always second nature it was something that i saw and it was really visible to me and so i hope that it will continue to you know that that visibility will continue to increase um and i mean i don't know i keep going back to documentaries but one of my favorite films is misrepresentation and it talks about the visibility of women in the media and how women are discussed in the media and it's a few years old at this point but it still is really really fascinating to watch it's a great film um that capitalizes on that issue and talks about okay well what what are how do we define role models for young girls and what girls should be and I don't know it's it's definitely it's an interesting time for sure and I um I often say I'm i competed in pageants, but I definitely consider myself to be a feminist, and I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes those things are viewed as maybe not simpatico, Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, it's a great moment for girl power, so I hope it continues that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Did you ever experience or feel that tension between being, you know, having participated in pageants and, um, you know, the side of you that is more, feminist yeah I mean, identifies feminist. Yeah.
1: well I think that I mean I think so Kate Schindle, who was Miss America in 1998 she wrote a book and really delved into this and how you know it is it like Miss America and feminism don't have to be at odds with each other <laughs> um but I think that too like so many of the things and here we are talking about doing a, a Disney princess show and let's be let's be honest like Ariel is not always known as the most woke princess, right. but you see in this modern, you know, retelling of the story in the musical version, <laughs> yeah. you see her start to demonstrate some of those traits that we often herald in our more modern Disney princesses. She's strong, she's independent, she's she's forward thinking, um, she's brave. But I also feel like in princesses and pageantry, a lot of the values that are heralded are things like being kind, being thoughtful, being friendly, being, I don't know, loving. And I think that those are really valid traits too. And so instead of saying, well, girls need to toughen up, let's value those traits. And let's also say like, hey, boys can have those traits too. Like there's, there is room enough for both, like to be a multifaceted member of society. You need all of those things. So let's celebrate all of them.
0: I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can definitely think <laughs> of some boys and men who could use some more of those values. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about what What do you think you've learned about yourself um, through all your years performing? Um, kind of what, in my very limited experience, it's it, uh, it does kind of open up it makes you kind of examine your personality and yeah. your boundaries and stuff like that what what do you think you've learned about yourself
1: yeah well i'm really type a and um I can be kind of a control freak because of that. Like, I want things to be just so, and I want them to be right. And what I love about theater is that you spend all this time in rehearsal getting things just so, getting them just right, and being really precise. And then, when it comes down to it, you get on stage, and you let it all go, and you just are free in that moment. And if you've done all the technical stuff beforehand, all that preparation, you can just enjoy. And so I I love that side of it it you know it's really freeing to be on stage because you've done all of the the work and you get to see it pay off it's not instant gratification but I mean it's in a really truncated time and so it's super satisfying and um, as a type A individual um, I enjoy that those moments of freedom on stage where I can just relax and let it come and if something does not come the way that I anticipated it or would have it be in my perfectly controlled world. Well, you just have to deal with that, and so it's a good like exercise in letting go of that control.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, I can see that. Um, and you know, while we're we're on more of a philosophical track, yeah. too, um, you know, I think the other thing you, you can kind of learn, but through the performing arts, is how you know, kind of extend that or extrapolate into your everyday life and see how. You know, so much of what we do is kind of, kind of a performance, kind of performative. Is that, yeah. is that something that you've experienced and thought about?
1: Oh yeah, oh for sure. Um, when I was in like high school. I guess, psychology class, um, when they talked about the Stanford prison experiment, I was like, oh yeah, retweet, like I, I totally feel, I see where that, I'm like no surprise to me here. Um, because when you're know when you on stage, you put on a costume and anybody who's ever done a show before knows, like when you put, put that costume on and go into your first dress rehearsal, it's like a totally different performing experience. And so, um, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely see that happening on stage. Um, and I mean, heck, it happens when you're Miss North Carolina, you put the crown on, and all of a sudden you feel capable of walking up to the governor and saying, hello, it's good to see you, um, which me, Arlie Honeycutt, would probably shrink from initially. Um, now I feel a little more confident, but at 19 years old when I won, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, and same goes for, you know, I put on my teacher lanyard every day, and I put it on, and I, I feel Capable and confident and ready to go, and so there's definitely a performative aspect to everything we do. All the world's stage for yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: And I guess it, it could be you, know, you can see it as um, it could be either be repressive or sort of liberating yeah. as well, because you can say, well, I, I'm like this. I play this role. Mm-hmm. I'm expected to play these roles, yeah. but I could also kind of shed that and and take on different roles, and, and you know. Yeah, I think perform and, perform. Who I am in a different way yeah yeah, well, and I
1: think if you're like i'm I'm kind of introverted and i like I very much am one of those people who has to come home and and recharge my batteries and mm-hmm. be away from people yeah, um <laughs> 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 but being be- like having i don't know having a that performance mindedness um okay well i'm you know. This is how a teacher would act, and so this is what I'm going to do. Sometimes that can help to kind of buck you That's up in those moments when and, yeah. you feel like you need to, like, retreat yeah. into that shell. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's great. Um, well, I, you know, I think uh, we're we're coming up on the end of our time here, but uh, I'm really happy that we could have this conversation yeah. and have it here because yes. this is so... This is such a meaningful place, I know to you, and yeah. it's be- gosh it's become one to me and my family <laughs> as well and we appreciate what you' all do what oh. what your family does and um, just really really well, thankful to be a part of it
1: thank you yeah i' I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be a little a little piece <laughs> of the puzzle for sure i I am certainly grateful for that
0: cool well uh I think that. I think that wraps up this episode of Garner Station podcast. Uh, Look for this podcast and all of our others wherever you get your podcasts. And also uh, you can check it out on YouTube at the Town of Garner YouTube channel. Um, Thanks, and we'll uh, see you and talk to you next time on Garner Station. Thanks.